and welcome to another episode of the Chris Yeh Podcast. I am Chris Yeh, and in today's episode, I'll be interviewing mental samurai competitor Matt Potts. Matt is an incredible guy, a U.S. Marine, somebody who has done and seen amazing things around the world. And I think after hearing this interview, you'll understand why I think Matt's such a cool guy and why I can't wait to see all the cool things he's going to be doing after he retires from the Marine Corps. So sit back and listen to this interview with Matt Potts. Hey, Matt, you there, buddy? Hey, Chris. It's good to hear your voice again, man. How are you doing? I'm doing great. Ladies and gentlemen, I am joined by the one and only Matt Potts. Matt is one of the prince of men that I got to meet when I was on Mental Samurai. And let me tell you, it was great getting to spend time with you as we were waiting around and around and around. It was a long, long wait. That's true. Now, I've heard that you know in the military, especially when it comes to things like combat, part of it is there's all these endless hours of tedium and then sort of moments of terror. Uh, obviously, I don't think Mental Samurai possibly compares, but talk to me about your experience with Mental Samurai. How did it compare to other things you've done in your past? Well, when uh, there, we, we have two big things that we do in the, in the military to describe kind of how our time is spent. So when it's just your every day, I'm sure you've heard the term "hurry up and wait." Yes. <laughs> so that's uh, th- th- that really prepared me, I'd say, for Mental Samurai of you know be in the lobby at six thirty. Ah, oh, get on the bus, and then you know hurry up and get to to wardrobe. Hurry up and get to uh, makeup and all that other stuff. And then we sat there and <laughs> sat there and sat there. So I think that that was uh, uh, pretty. Um, Pretty much the same, good, good, a good segue into Middle Samurai, and then the other thing I'll describe uh, with combat um, really is like ninety nine percent boredom and one percent panic. So, um, you know, being an Ava, uh, I don't know if it really compares that much. I think that the ninety nine percent boredom was sitting around all day. Although I will say that that's one of the most impressive group of people I've been around in years. Um, but uh, the one percent panic would be actually riding Ava. Well, you know, that's pretty remarkable considering that you are both a U.S. Marine and a Mensa member. And those are some pretty august groupings right there. Uh, yeah, it's a, it, they're, they're both neat groups to be a part of. I'm, I'm actually kind of glad that they didn't put any of the, uh, the Mensa stuff on the show. I saw a few uh, negative comments come out about the, uh, the, the other, the Thorntons, unfortunately, I, I think that some people didn't, uh, kind of get what they were doing and, uh, and they came off the wrong way. Uh, but, uh, yeah, when, when, when I was doing those interviews, you know, we did the, God, it was what an hour's worth of interviewing the, when we first got there, um, I was done talking and the, uh, the lady said, Hey, wait, you're in Mensa. I said, yeah, she was sit back down. <laughs> so we, we had like another 10 minutes of questions. <laughs> That is very cool. Well, let's talk about uh, let's talk about your life because obviously you've led a pretty interesting life. Not a lot of people I know are U.S. Marines, military intelligence officers. You've been all around the world. You've done all sorts of things. How did you get to where you are today, and how did you end up on Mental Samurai? Because those are two really distinctly separate things. Uh, sure. Yeah. So I, I think that the military was or still is really a perfect fit for me. Uh, we always knew, I, I think, that, that I was going to be in the military and probably in the Marine Corps 
Uh, my dad was a Marine in Vietnam, so I grew up knew, you know, knowing about the Marine Corps. Um, he wasn't in while I was growing up or anything like that, but there was always that that influence. Um, yeah, I left two weeks after high school. Like the, everybody else went on the senior trip to Cancun, and I went to Paris Island. <laughs> so, um, you know, it's, it's been a, an amazing road. I'm coming up on 19 years. I'll, I'll hit my 19-year mark in June. Impressive. And you know, during your time in the Marine Corps, did you, it sounds like you started off, you mentioned when we were talking before we got on that you used to have to go on these training exercises with the infantry. You started as infantry and then uh, were, made your way over to military intelligence. Tell me about how that happened. So, um, yeah, I started off uh, as, as an infantryman. I actually uh, was going to go to college originally and be a reservist and just decided one day, um, and I, I still don't know why I was so sure of it. It was like the first thing I was ever sure of in my life was I wanted to be, you know, active duty enlisted Marine Corps infantry. If I was going to do it, I just wanted to do it. And, um, so yeah, I went in and did it and was immediately selected for a, uh, a program where we went and worked with, uh, with the president. Uh, and so when, when I did it, it was, it was George W. Bush. Cause I got, I came in in 2000. So it was, uh, right after, uh, he was elected, and then I made it up to Camp David in April of 2001, so right after he was inaugurated. Wow. And, uh, yeah, so my first couple of years was uh, was up at Camp David doing security. Um, met uh, – th- this was probably the first group of <laughs> really amazing people I met. So, um, you know, the president, I, I, I was able to have, you know, albeit very short uh, interactions with, but people like Colin Powell and Condoleezza Rice, Tommy Franks, um, who else was several presidents of other uh, other countries uh, tony blair was up there uh, so it was it was really um just kind of awe-inspiring of these these people that that you got to be around so that was cool uh, then i uh went back to the regular the regular marine corps the infantry side and did um a couple tours in iraq with uh, a unit called third battalion seventh marines which i'm still convinced is the best unit in the marine corps but uh yeah, I did one tour as a regular infantryman, did a second tour where I kind of straddled my time between the uh, the sniper platoon and doing some intelligence work. I was just able to kind of speak both infantry and intelligence. And my, uh, <clears throat> my company commander then told me that I should think about what we call doing a lateral move uh, from infantry to intel. I said, no, no, I'm, I'm, I'm a grunt. I'm not one of those guys. Because uh, there's, there's, there's a hierarchy in the Marine Corps. <laughs> so, you know, everybody wants to be a grunt. And... Uh, so um, he was actually killed in action, and today, uh, uh, believe it or not, is the 15-year anniversary of that. So it's kind of a tough day for all of us. We had a really big fight in uh, in 2004 on the border of Syria, lost five uh, five Marines that day. But um, I, th- I think that that was a very um, trans- transformative day for me. Uh, I wanted to do what I could to make sure that never happened again, and going to the military intelligence route was a way to do that. Got it. And that's something interesting you just mentioned, which is that everyone in the Marine Corps wants to be a grunt, right? Everyone wants to be on the front line, actually in combat. And if you're if you're taking more of a staff position, then it's like, oh no, that's that's getting farther away from the real fighting. Is that the way it works? Is that how you guys think about it? Uh, yeah. I mean, I, I may have oversimplified it a bit. Like, yeah, I think when everybody thinks about joining the Marine Corps, that's that's what you think about, right? The the front line fighting and all that. And there's a for, for every one infantryman, there's probably 20 other Marines that do other work, whether they be flying the planes that, um, you know, in close air support or they're the guys that move the supplies or do the administrative work or whatever it is. Um, 
but I think when everybody joins, what they, they first think about is that that guy, you know, walking point on a patrol and, and getting in the fight. Um, so, you know, we, I wouldn't call it clickish, <laughs> but um, in the infantry, um, to, to me, and I would say to most of the, the guys that have been in the infantry, um, and now some of the gals, I guess, um, that's really the, the true Marine Corps experience. Mm. And it sounds like you've had quite a bit of that. Uh, you've had a decorated career, I imagine, a, as a Marine. You've been in for 19 years. Are you planning to retire after 20 years? What's the story there? I'm going to retire at my 20-year mark, uh, yeah, which is when I'm first eligible. I'm actually dropping my retirement paperwork in a couple of weeks. Congratulations. Um, yeah, I'm super excited about that. Thank you. Um, so we can actually drop our, our paperwork for retirement uh, a little over a year out. Um, which is responsible because then they can start uh, making space for promoting somebody else into that spot and, you know, making those plans for the Marine Corps. So, so yeah, yeah. Um, I'll be done in uh, about 14 and a half months. Wow. Now, what are you thinking about doing after you retire? I mean, it's a, a big thing. You've spent your entire adult life in the Corps and now all of a sudden you're going to be retired again. You'll always be a Marine. As the saying goes, once a Marine, always a Marine, but you'll be completely changing what you do in your life yeah i'm gonna buy one of those red marine corps hats and go sit at the vfw and tell war stories all day sounds like a plan <laughs> no the uh I've, I've been all over the world um i've seen some some truly amazing things um in 2003 in iraq we actually spent uh, a day in uh, just exploring around babylon like the no kidding ancient city of babylon and it was just uh all inspiring so um, I'm actually going to take uh, hopefully nine months to a year. Uh, the day after I retire, I'm going to get on a boat or an airplane and I'm going to go east and I'm going to stop going east when I get back around to America. I'm just going to go see the world because nice. um, I've, I've seen some of the – I'd say I've seen some of the best and the worst the world has to offer, and I really want to experience more of the best. Um, I've met some really incredible people uh, along the way, and I want to go experience you know, what – human civilization and humanity really has to offer what we've done uh you know the history and the culture the food the art um all, all of those things and uh so yeah i'm gonna travel for about a year that i want to finish a degree in civil engineering and architecture uh -huh. and uh and if all works out well um i want to go back to some of those places that i found in the travels and uh and start doing oh, excuse me oh, like infrastructure projects uh, you know, quality of life things to, uh, to, to try and make the world a better place. I, the way I tell people is I think I've broken enough things in the world during my career that I probably owe it to society to build something. Got it. Wow. That's very poetic, uh, but it is very in keeping, I think, with you know, people see you and they see you know, this this tough Marine, you got the, the shaved head and you got this, you can have this very stern look, but I think you have a very poetic soul. That's something that always drew me to you. I appreciate that. I mean, you, you, I've, I've heard the podcast, uh, you know, I've listened to a couple of uh, a couple of the episodes and I, I do have to say that at some point somebody's interview you. Um, it's not exactly unimpressive that you went to Stanford at 15 years old. That's that's a hell of an accomplishment. Well, all in good time. After I have my run on the show, uh, we'll we'll find a volunteer and, and they'll be able to <laughs> not a problem. Maybe Brianna can do it. Oh, my goodness. That's a great idea. <laughs> so but let's, that brings us back to the show. So 
how did you end up on a show? I don't think that, you know, in the, in the various camps and, and barracks and things like that, that they have a little poster saying, Hey, sign up for mental samurai with Rob Lowe. So how did this all happen? Um, so before I, I live in San Diego right now, before this, I lived in new Orleans, uh, which is a great city by the way. Uh, so I was walking around one day in the French quarter, just kind of enjoying it, uh, back in, uh, it's probably about a year ago now. I think it was April of last year and, uh, got an email and it was from Mensa saying they were doing a casting call and that I was in the demographic that I guess, um, the, the, the producers had reached out to Mensa saying, Hey, we're trying to do a, a show, you know, this obstacle course for the mind. And, you know, y'all proclaim to have all these smart people. So, you know, put it out there for us. So I looked at it and, uh, looked at the, the, the long sheet, you know, to fill out with all this information. And, and really the first thought in my mind was, this is stupid. <laughs> and uh, for some reason, I filled it out. Um, I did not do the little video that they wanted you to shoot because I just really wasn't going to put effort into this thing. Um, and they called me back like two hours later and said, hey, can you do a FaceTime interview right now? And said, you know, I said, well, let me get home and I'll do it. And sure enough, like I do a FaceTime interview. The lady was great. You have to talk to producers. So, you know, two Skype interviews later and all of a sudden I'm sitting in this, you know, what, what did the guy call it? A piece of sci-fi carnival equipment, right? <laughs> and, you know, about to do, so yeah, it was, it was a, it was a, a thing through Mensa and um, I'm still not sure I understand what happened. <laughs> well, I mean, I think that the, the bottom line is two things. First of all, they love the idea of getting people from all walks of life on the show, which is why it is kudos to the casting department for finding Clay, who's an astronaut, or finding Ed, who's an Olympic gold medalist, right? These are just incredible people from all different walks of life. And having someone who is an active duty military intelligence officer is a great sort of tie into the theme of the show as well. So I can see why they would jump on it. And once they talked to you and saw you, they'd be saying, oh, we love this guy. We want him on television. So I totally, totally get that. No, that's, that's very gracious of you, and I appreciate it. Yeah, it, I, I would agree with you. Um, it's I, I, I've been describing to everybody, you know, that asks about the show because now that my Marines know about it, it's uh, it's been kind of crazy. But the, um, the the group of people is it, it was just impressive. I don't think I felt so in awe or just tiny next to these, these giants. I mean, they, Clayton. Um, I think he was what a physicist for 15 years and then decided he was going to be an astronaut and did it. Um, you know, you're, you're unbelievably intelligent. We had the person that used to write the crossword for the, the New York times. I mean, we saw, um, Jackie go, I mean, holy cow, she's crazy. She's amazing. And just this unbelievable Ed Moses. I talked to him last night. Um, after his run, I sent him a text and, you know, just said hi real quick. I mean, the guy set world records in, in the pool. I mean, it's, it's, the you know pro athletes and and the, there was an air force test pilot that was there it's just it's, it's unreal um and I, I just feel incredibly blessed to have been a part of that group um there was a, a this wonderful girl caitlin um she i actually didn't agree with her being uh, uh the question that they said she got wrong i think was a mistake on the part of the producers but you know whatever it's in the past now um she owns basically a circus she does the um the the drapes where they have like the you know the silk curtains and she gets wrapped up in those and does all of the the acrobatics and the aerial uh things of it. it's just it's just the, the group of people everybody who was on that show was at the top of their game whatever they do they were just really really good at it and it was uh it was a, a real 
um, treat to be a part of that. And I'm, I feel really blessed to still be in touch with so many of those people. Yeah. And I do think that that is one of the underappreciated elements. I think that people watching the show just see it as this competition. People are going one at a time. They never see us with each other, but we all spent way more time with each other than we ever did in that capsule. <laughs> and so for us, the main experience was actually hanging out with everyone else, which was, again, a, a, a very cool thing. As I mentioned on my podcast, I had to drag out of Clay the fact that he's an astronaut. Oh. He was just not going to say anything. It's just remarkable. Yeah, absolutely. It's it's unreal. I mean, to be able to like shake a guy's hand and say, "Hey, what's it like to be in space?" Like <laughs> it was like being a little kid again. You know, getting to talk to an astronaut. It was so cool. Now, of course, you go on your run in Ava, and there were a couple things about it. The first was uh, I was surprised at, that there wasn't more banter between you and Rob before you went on your run. Uh, did you guys spend a lot of time talking at first? Were you sort of locked in and and going all business? Let's get this going. So I, th I think. They did, they did do some editing. So there was some more, uh, a little bit more banter. Um, he kept asking about what it was like to be at Camp David. And, you know, I was, you know, obviously playing a little coy with him because I, I, there's things you just can't talk about. It's, you know, you know, the security and things like that. So, um, you know, he's like, oh, it must have been horrible. So, oh, yeah, it was just terrible. You know, and then at the end, it's like, no, it was, it was beautiful because it is a beautiful place. And uh, I think a, 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 a very important place for the president to be able to, to de-stress. But, um we so he asked you know about being an intelligence officer and he kept pressing it and i actually uh, i got angry uh, for a second because i'm not very quick-witted like I, I understand that i'm intelligent but i'm not quick-witted and um so finally you see him ask you know how secretive it is and i say very well after that in the real world he asked so what what can you actually tell us and i i i, I didn't i may have actually flashed anger in my eyes i don't know but um somehow it may have been divine intervention i don't know but what came out of my mouth was, Rob, I want you and everybody in this audience to leave here alive today, so I'm not going to tell you anything. And then that's when I started my run. <laughs> <laughs> oh, uh, did they put that on the air? It would have been a phenomenal moment if they did. No, no, they didn't. They, they left that oh. part out. So I, I think that I, I, they, they kept telling you, you know, you'll be, be personal, be exciting, be over the top. And so I had to find this, this, uh, this balance between like, being a Marine and being good on TV. Uh, and I, I found that very difficult, but uh, uh, so I think I may have just been too serious in the chair and they probably just cut my interview short because I wasn't, you know, Jackie's fun and I'm, I'm me. <laughs> yeah, no, I mean, I knew in advance, I know some of these results, but I knew in advance that America was going to get excited about Sam. I knew they were going to love Jackie because those are just, over-the-top, super positive personalities. And, you know, I, you and me, you know, we're just regular guys in comparison. So it's uh, tough, but, you know, we, we still go out there and we compete. That's the important part. And it was great. I'm, I'm, I'm super happy that, that I did it. I'm, I'm, I'm grateful that all of you did it as well because I got to meet you. So talk to me about your run. Obviously, you have a great run. You're able to get through all 12 questions, plenty of time to spare. Uh, were there any moments where you were worried, any moments where you were concerned? What are some of the highlights and lowlights? <laughs> so um, for the most part, it was great. Uh, I, I really enjoyed it. Um, there, the, the, one, the first one that got me, and uh, I didn't realize I did it until I watched the show, but when you see the question about Lord come up, mm. um, my, my shoulders slumped. Like, it was, I was like, no, please don't do this to me. Uh, I, I don't follow pop culture. I don't care about pop culture. It's to, to me, 
uh, my life revolves around the real world as an intelligence officer and just as a person interested in what's going on in the world. So, um, so that, 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 that was my weak point. And so what they don't show on the show, uh, it was edited out, was I, I decided I was going to go out with a logical line of thought. And what I, what I talked out was, okay, so if she was 16 years old when this hugely popular song came out, that would be impressive. And based on the context of the show, I think the, the more impressive answer is probably the more likely answer. And so I just went with true. And, uh, and thank God I got it right. I'm glad it was a 50-50 because that was my best chances of getting it. You know, I, I, I'm sad that they cut that out because that's a great reflection of A, the way you think and B, the kinds of things you have to do to win on the show. Uh, sometimes it means thinking about the broader context. And you saw that happen a couple of times in Jameson's run where you didn't actually hear the way Jameson explained it is the audio sort of cut out for a second or whatever happened. He couldn't tell. Maybe he just blanked. He didn't hear the number that Sully gave in the movie clip. And he just pieced it out and said, well, wait a minute. You know, normally for an intelligence test, it's the answer is the round number. But for this kind of show, the answer is probably not the round number. So let me go with not the round number. And that kind of stuff is really interesting. Absolutely. I think, and, and, and that's really um, how you do it. And that's actually uh, what happened when I, uh, when I found out that my IQ was, you know, at the, the mental level um, was they gave me a test. Like it was a big personality test and an IQ test. And, uh, and, and the guy explained to me um, that, the, the way I think is different from, I guess, the, the larger population. Because um, he asked me why I answered questions. It's like, well, to, to pass a test, you figure out what the test wants to know, and then you tell the test what it wants to know, and that's how you pass the test. And apparently, like, that's not a common thing. But yeah, you, to, to pass a test, which Ava was a test, you figure out what answer she wants and you give that answer because <laughs> that's, <laughs> that's her answer. Um, yeah, so it was, it was good. I, I enjoyed most of the questions. Um, the obviously, you know, the, the, the very last one tripped me up. And again, it was just pop culture, culture. and I just don't, didn't know it at all. And that's one of the things, I mean, I've seen, we've seen over and over again, pop culture trip people up. Uh, sometimes it's folks from the, the older generation. It's something new. Sometimes it's folks in the younger generation, something old, but it is just a common theme, like to be able to be both remarkably intelligent, incredibly knowledgeable, be able to concentrate, and also follow trivial and useless pop culture. That's a rare combination. It really is. And I, I applaud those that, that made it through. Um, you know, so right now we've got Nathan and Jackie, and I mean, just good on them. And it's, it's frustrating, too. I'm sure that all of us experienced it, whether we, uh, we made it through the first 12 or not, um, is that when you're watching other people go through their run, it's like, oh, I answered all of their questions. How did they miss that? And then you get the one. Because um, I remember uh, watching a couple others like uh, Joey, the uh, just the incredible you know, uh, U.S. attorney from up in New York. Um, I, I knew all of his questions. And you know, he may have known the one that I missed. I, I got a flurry of texts from friends like, I knew the answer to that. I was like, yeah, well, go on the show. <laughs> Good luck. It's a lot so. It's a lot harder when you're strapped into a gyroscope <laughs> and the lights are on. Everyone at home feels uh, very good. They're like, yeah, that's clever, cleverly designed. People at home are like, yeah, I could do that. Yeah, I could do that. I'm like, uh, just wait until you're there. It's a little bit. Yeah, and I, th I think that's what it is, makes the show endearing is that everybody can play along. Uh, which is why I hope it gets a second season. I think that it has potential. Um, but yeah, I, I think the, the biggest thing was I was, um, I was, I impressed myself for the first time in a long time. Uh, normally once it's time to go to work, I just focus and that's it. 
And uh, somehow I was able between the questions to kind of just enjoy the ride and try and be, you know, a little more uh, animated for the, for the camera, like they asked us to do. Uh, and then, but as soon as that question came up, like I never heard Rob talk to me. I never heard the audience. Uh, when, once the chair stopped, it was just this, this, it's, it's almost a physical feeling of the walls closing in and it was just me and that screen and there was nothing else. Well, it's that kind of focus that I think has, has made you so successful. By the way, uh, just as a callback to something you mentioned earlier, when people are able to really step back and, and process the context, the term that cognition, so the ability to think about thinking and to understand what thought processes are going on, it is a very advanced way of thinking. That's interesting. I try and teach my Marines all the time. <laughs> yeah, it's critical thinking. That's, that's what it is, thinking about your thinking while you're thinking. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Now, speaking of your Marines, so you've been on this exercise, and meanwhile, while you're out, it's on national television. You go through. You're proven to be one of the smartest people in the world. You win seventy-five thousand dollars. What's the reaction of your Marines after that? Obviously, the Marines are are known for their sense of humor. So, I'd love to hear about some of those reactions. So, while I was doing my my little victory lap uh, in the chair, I realized that. I was doing like a lot of like two hand waves and thumbs up and the, because in, in, in the Marine Corps, we use a lot of hand and arm signals to, to communicate, especially in combat. So that was just what I chose, I guess. And that was my thing. And I realized like, <laughs> I feel like the president right now, cause he always uses the two thumbs up. <laughs> so, um, a, a lot of, a lot of the guys have been walking up to me. Um, I've been getting a lot of, uh, you know, introspective, uh, on the jetty, uh, poses from mm-hmm. that. <laughs> the the b-reel they did and then uh, a lot of double thumbs up from the guy so i just tell him you know um i'll i'll, I'll be thinking about all of the the the, the hard time y'all are giving me while i'm counting my seventy five thousand dollars and so the, the other thing is like hey sir what are you buying us sir sir what are you buying us so i told him i'm gonna uh, once the once the money finally pays out which you know i don't know if people realize that you, you have to wait till the end of the show because if they pay you now they would know who who won so uh so we have to wait till the show's over but uh I told him that I would take them all out for uh, Little Caesars and PBR. There you go. I tell you, the thing is, uh, <laughs> how many Marines are we talking about here? That could be pretty expensive. <laughs> uh, this group uh, that, that I work with right now, it's, it's, uh, it's a little over 100 Marines. Wow. Well, I, I will so, tell you. I'm, I'm going to do something. I am a, there's Little Caesars. There's also some good online deals on Domino's. You can sometimes get like a, a large pizza for $5.99. So that may actually be more economical we'll have to see you know i'm actually a fan of domino's because the uh the ceo i don't know if the founder was the, was the guy or but i know a ceo at one point was a uh a, a marine um so uh we're, I'm, I'm a fan of domino's just because you know you, you you hook up to the marines when you can in life uh but that's one of the funny things uh, there was a bump I remember uh domino's for a long time had the delivery in 30 minutes or less your next one's free mm-hmm. Um, we, we adopted that and, uh, we had bumper stickers for a while for the Marine Corps that said, uh, destroyed in 30 minutes or less, your next one's free. There you go. Well, that's a promise you can count on. So net let's, uh, I've kept you long enough. I know you've got to go back to protecting the country, but before we go, uh, any last thoughts? And also, can you share with folks where they can follow you? Like, for example, are you going to have an Instagram account or something where as you go around the world, people can track your progress. So, um, I, th- I think I have Instagram. Um, I think, oh man, when did I start? It was a long time ago. I don't use it very often. I think it's called, uh, mad attack. I'll have to figure out how to get it out there. Um, I am on Facebook and all those things. Um, 
I actually uh, locked everything down. Uh, I'm, I'm terrified of social media as an intelligence officer. Of um, but uh, I'll, I'll look at potentially opening it back up, especially once I start traveling. Like once once I'm out in the in the real world and you know a, a, a member of the general civilian population again. Uh, yeah, so I, I plan on. Uh, I want to try travel blogging. I want to try, um, you know, kind of doing that while I travel. Um, so I, I will put it out there. I'm not sure how to, how I'm going to do it yet. I was looking for names, uh, actually a few days ago and there's already a guy going by nomadic Matt, so I can't use that one. Um, but yeah, I will, uh, I'll find a way and I'll probably ask you for help because you were the social media guru on how to, uh, get myself out there at some point, but yeah, I am on Facebook and I think I'm on Instagram. Very cool. Well, I will be looking forward to when you go on your trip. Uh, helping promote it and sharing the word. And also, hopefully, you can stop by the Bay Area somewhere along the way uh, as you're heading back to San Diego or wherever you choose to settle permanently. And we could spend some time together and give people uh, a couple of photos of us reunited. Uh, dude, I would absolutely love to do that. And you are going to be on my uh, my list of people to see while, while I'm doing the travels. It's uh, like I said, you're, you're uh, one of the most impressive people I've met in a long time. And I, I definitely want to make sure we stay in touch for sure. Well, that is, that is very flattering, especially considering the company that you've kept and uh, right back at you again, it's just been a huge pleasure getting to know you spending time with you. I've got a big smile on my face just from doing this interview and I am looking forward to more adventures in the future. Absolutely. So, Hey, thank you very much, Chris, for the, uh, the interview. This has been a, a first <laughs> an interesting experience. Um, and then, uh, I guess thanks to anybody else that's listening and everybody that's, that's watching and supporting the show. Give it a shot. If you're watching the show and you want to try it, do it next year. Awesome. Thank you so much, Matt. All right. Take care, Chris. We'll talk to you soon. You too. And that was Mental Samurai competitor Matt Potts. I think you can see why this interview went on so long. Matt's just a fascinating guy with an incredible set of stories. And we didn't even get into the depth of his Marine Corps experience, some of the things he's done. So hopefully we'll bring him back another time and talk further about it. Matt also, as you can tell, incredibly humble guy and really, really nice, which is why I'm so glad I got a chance to meet him. So that's today's episode. If you enjoyed this episode, I do hope that you will rate and review it, that you'll share it with your friends, that you'll subscribe to this podcast, and that you'll get the word out to all those other Mental Samurai fans out there. I'm Chris Yeh, and thank you for listening.